<clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday, July 31st edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. I uh, hope you guys had a great week. Um, tomorrow, we have UFC Fight Night. Brunson versus Shabazian should be a pretty solid card. Uh, myself and Cole Sheldon broke down all 11 fights scheduled for that card on Tuesday. So definitely go back and check out that podcast if you missed it. I do have a, one update for that card. Uh, one fight's been scratched due to an injury. So, or not, I'm not sure if it's an injury or not, but Timur Valiev is out of this fight with uh, Jamal Emmers. So Emmers will now be taking on Vincent Cachero. I'm not 100% sure exactly why uh, Valiev is off the card, but yeah, hopefully it's not a positive COVID test. I, I'm not, again, not sure if it's a visa thing or what, but uh, Emmers will now be taking on Vincent Cachero. So, just briefly breaking down this fight before I get into today's show, just because, you know, it's, it's worth talking about at least. Um, Emmers, obviously, we, we talked about him on, on Tuesday, and he's had a couple fights in the UFC already. Um, or he's had one fight, I guess, against Giga Chikazzi. Lost a split decision in that fight. It was pretty competitive. He lost that fight, though. Uh, he also fought in Contender Series. He lost to Julian Rosa. Sandwiched between those fights, he had four wins on the regional scene, including a win in LFA. Um, so this guy is a pretty solid fighter for sure, but man, I was pretty disappointed in his performance against Shikazi. Uh, taking on Cachero though, Vincent Cachero, seven and two records, 30 years old. He is, uh, an LFA veteran as well. He's fought a couple of guys that are notable for sure. I know Helen Hernandez, who's in the UFC, beat him in 2018. He also fought Casey Kenny, who's a top prospect at 135. You know, I got knocked out by him in uh, 2019. He's actually just one and two in his last three fights, but obviously extremely short notice. He's taking it on two days' notice, so they had to find someone to fight Embers. I'm glad that he's going to stay on the card. Um, I mean, Cachero definitely could win this fight. I don't know a ton about this guy, but based on the fact that he's just one and two in his last three fights and he's taking this fight on like two days' notice, it's very hard to pick him here. I'm not super high on Embers by any means, but I think he probably does get the, the win in this fight. Got a question from Massio Massio. What's going on, man? Is the line out? I don't see a betting line right now. I just checked. I don't see one. Again, the fight was announced like really late last night. Nolan King broke the news. So we'll probably get a betting line for that today. But all the other lines are out for every other fight in the card. It does kind of suck, though, because I'll be honest. I think Valiev was a guy that I probably would have considered highly for a bet. And uh, I think he probably would have won that fight. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, other than that, I haven't changed any of my picks since Tuesday. So again, go back and check out the podcast if you want to hear who I'm picking for that card tomorrow uh, night. Um, I should mention that the weigh-ins are happening at 12 noon today. The card's obviously in Vegas, so weigh-ins are a little bit later. The uh, Fire Island weigh-ins obviously were in the morning, but these ones will be 12 uh, p.m. Eastern time. So Hopefully everyone makes weight. Hopefully no one uh, else gets scratched from this card, but you never know these days. All right, so let's get into today's show. I'm going to start with Habib Nurmagomedov. Habib, he obviously just lost his father recently to COVID-19. Really sad stuff. But, man, he's a stud, you know, and he wants to fight really soon. He's going to take on Justin Gaethje at UFC 254 in October. All the credit in the world to this guy, man. And he's going to step in there on October 24th and take on a really tough challenge in Justin Gaethje. That's a tough fight to call, guys, honestly. Like, do I favor Habib? Yes, because he's undefeated. And that wrestling is its so good. We all know how good Habib is. He's an incredible fighter. He's one of the best ever. Right now, the betting line has him as a big favorite, minus 245, Justin Gaethje, plus 205. 
But you got to wonder, man, without his father in his corner, like, how's that going to affect him? I know it could be, like, one of the most mentally strong fighters out there. And, again, the fact he's taking this fight in, like, two months from now is just incredible. I thought he'd be out for, like, six months to a year, you know, grieving the loss. But he's coming back right in there, man. He probably wants to, you know, show his dad in heaven that uh, he's the best in the world. And the betting odds are suggesting he should win this fight. But I think Justin Gaethje stylistically is an interesting matchup with that wrestling background that we've never seen him use. And with that striking, like, this is going to be a really good fight, guys. So I'm really excited for this matchup. Again, Habib's a favorite for a reason. He deserves to be favored. He's 28-0. No, he's never lost. But Justin Gaethje stylistically matches up really well, I think, against him. So it should be a really interesting fight. If Habib beats Justin Gaethje, he said on Instagram the other day that his plan is to fight GSP in April. So he really wants this fight with GSP. It's a legacy fight. If he beats Justin, he's going to be 29-0. If he beats GSP, he'll be 30-0. I think he has spoken about this before. He wants to get to 30-0. That's his goal. He probably would retire, if I had to guess, uh, if he does get to 30-0. So he wants GSP in that legacy fight for his last potential fight. Now, of course, he has to get through Gaethje first. I don't know if that's going to happen. It's going to be hard to you know, know if he can fight GSP until that fight happens. We can't just assume he's going to beat Justin Gaethje. But it's worth talking about because I think if these two fight, it would probably be one of the biggest fights ever. I mean, it would be a really interesting fight, right? GSP arguably the greatest wrestler of all time, arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time, Habib, the best wrestler of today. And some people will probably say he's the best wrestler ever. So it'd be an interesting fight. My question is, what weight class would it take place at? Um, we've heard in the past, Faraz Sahabi, I believe, said that it could be a catchweight fight somewhere in between 155 and 170. I have a hard time believing GSP at age 39. I think he'd be 40 before this fight would happen next April. I have a hard time believing, guys, that he could fight at 155 at this point of his career. I know that GSP is obviously in incredible shape. He's always in good shape. Maybe he could have made 155, you know, early in his career. But I think at age 40, I can't see GSP doing that. So to me, it'd have to be a catchweight fight or Khabib would maybe move up to 170 um, in just like a, a featured, uh, you know, traction fight. So really hard to say. I have no idea. But uh It'd be an interesting fight, guys. You know, do I think it's going to happen, GSP? Habib? I don't know, but I would like to see it. I think a lot of us would, just because you have the two probably most dominant wrestlers of all time going against each other. And, of course, there is a weight difference there, somewhat in GSP's favor, but I still think it'd be an interesting fight. So we'll see what happens. But, again, Khabib's got to get by Justin Gaethje. And until he does, it's very hard to talk about these future fights, although I do definitely think it's worth mentioning because Habib is a guy that has my respect and I think everyone else's respect. If his plan is to fight Justin and then GSP, you got to at least listen to him. Masio, Masio. Jake Shields all over again, but not two fighters the same. This is definitely an interesting point, man. So Jake Shields, his father, Jack Shields, I think his name was, he died like a week or two before he fought Jake Ellenberger, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2011, and he got knocked out in brutal fashion. Um, Jake Shields obviously is one of the greatest welterweights of all time as well. He's still, I think, somewhat active, uh, definitely doing jiu-jitsu still. But, you know, Jake Shields is a guy that he was really close to his father. And I think he took that fight way too soon after his dad died. Like, again, it was like a week or two, if I'm not mistaken. So he got knocked out in devastating fashion. And honestly, Jake was kind of never the same after that fight, in my opinion. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen to Habib here. But Habib is a much more dominant fighter than Jake Shields. Like you said, Masio, no two fighters are the same. Um, you know, I don't even know if, if that's the reason Jake lost that fight. I mean, Jake Ellenberger at the time was a really good fighter with a lot of knockout power. So uh, it's hard to say. But, yes, I do remember that situation. And 
I think looking back, a lot of people thought that Jake probably should have taken that fight, but it is what it is. And obviously he ended, uh, he ended up having a probably pretty good career afterwards anyways. Um, although maybe his chin was never the same because he did get knocked out quite a bit at the end of his career, especially by Ray Cooper. Okay, just going through the rest of this news. Um, we got to talk about it. Kamzat Chemaev, he's been all over social media calling out Conor McGregor. I do have a few things to say about this. First off, um, man, I mean, the guy's been nothing but impressive in the UFC. There's two wins over John Phillips and Reese McKee, pure dominance. I think he had one significant strike landed against him in two combined fights. That's insane. So the guy's obviously really good. He destroyed those two guys. But again, look what he beat, guys. John Phillips and Reese McKee. John Phillips is like one in four in the UFC. He might be the weakest uh, middleweight in the sport in the in the UFC right now. He might be the lowest ranked guy in the roster. So, yes, he did destroy him. But what does that even mean, right? And then the other fight, obviously, Reese McKee, solid prospect out of Ireland, no doubt about it. But a prospect, a guy who's never had a fight in the UFC, a guy whose takedown defense is questionable. So, yes, uh, Hamzat looked incredible in that fight again and destroyed him. And he made UFC history: two wins in ten days, modern UFC history. So he's been impressive. I, I'm high on the guy, man. Even two weeks ago when I broke down the fight, I, I said to you guys, I said, you know, I watched the tape on this dude and he's incredible. And I liked what I saw from him. But come on. I mean, this is stupid now. You know, um, when he first called out guys like Nate Diaz and Mike Perry and Robbie Lawler, I was like, okay, you know what? Okay, Nate Diaz, maybe not just because he's such a big name, but Robbie Lawler and Mike Perry, those guys make sense. Robbie Lawler's a guy who's a former champ, yes, but he's at the end of his career kind of, and he's in the bottom half of the top 15. That's the kind of guy you should be calling out. Guys like Neil Magny. Uh, guys like this that are at the bottom of the top 15, Vicente Luque, good fighters for sure, but guys that stylistically Kamzak can probably beat. Him going after Connor now, who's not even in the same weight class as him, really. I mean, Connor has fought at welterweight, but he's a lightweight, so he's picking on a, a smaller guy. Listen, Connor is a guy that obviously everyone likes to call him out because if you fight Connor, you're in store for a huge payday. But this is kind of ridiculous. And honestly, I'm, I know it's Ali that's behind his tweets, Ali's his manager. I get that, and they're trying to get Kamzat's name out there, but to me, it's stupid, honestly, guys. Like, I don't like this. Um, I'd rather see him just kind of work his way up the ladder. You can't just, like, jump into these massive super fights after beating John Phillips and Reese McKee. You don't get to skip the line like that. Like, you got to have some respect for the sport. You have to have some respect for the other fighters in this division. He's getting people to talk about it. I got Daniel Edwards here in the comments. What's up, Daniel? Kamzat is smart associating himself with the biggest names. He knows he's not going to get Connor to get, it's to get casual smart. You're right. I mean, and again, it, I don't know if it's really Hamzat. I think it's his manager, Ali, that's kind of pushing this on Twitter. Although, obviously, Hamzat's been talking a lot of interviews, TMZ, ESPN. He's calling him McGregor. I get it. He wants to get his name out there. But to me, he didn't even need to do this because everyone was talking about him anyways after the two smashings. So, this is a guy that, yes, he's talented. And yes, I think he could be the champion one day i think he probably will be a ufc champion like in, within a few years but you look at habib habib was equally as dominant in his couple first couple fights in the ufc destroyed a couple like veterans guys like tiago Tavares, who's like a, a, like a guy who had a lot of fights in the ufc um kamal shalarus glacian tebow that was a closer fight but still guys like that that actually had experience like Tavares, and he destroyed them and he still didn't get a title shot till five years later and yes he had some injuries during that time but it took habib like five years to get a title shot Kamzat's been in the UFC for less than a month, and people are already talking about title shot. It's kind of nuts to me. We'll see what happens. Again, you know, I, I think the guy's great. I think that he's proven that he has a lot of potential for sure, and he's dominant. But beating John Phillips and Reese McKee doesn't impress me that much, guys. I'll be honest. You know, I think he needs to beat a guy in the top 15. Then we'll start getting serious about him. 
And by the way, I was having a little discussion with uh, Aaron Bronsetter, who a guy that's a longtime friend of mine, a guy I respect a lot, but I completely disagreed with what he said. He believes that Kamzat should be ranked right now. I don't think so. I don't think you can rank him because, again, he beat – first off, he beat John Phillips at 185. The guy he beat at 170, Reese McKee, that was his first fight in the UFC. How do you beat Reese McKee and get ranked? Neil Magny, I think he's like 14th or 15th. He has 16 wins in the UFC. 16 wins against really good fighters like Kelvin Gasolum. So that's a guy that – how could you bump out a guy like Neil Magny for a guy like Kamzat when he beats Reese McKee and John Phillips? You've got to base it on wins and losses. Yes, potential, that does play a factor. Come on. Come on, guys. Seriously. Masio, Masio, would you say 170 or 185? 170 for sure. He can make the weight. He looked great in that weight class. Didn't seem like he had a tough cut. He's going to be a problem for a lot of guys. Like, if I look at this division, do I think he beats Neil Magny? I think he probably does. Do I think he beats Robbie Lawler? Maybe. I mean, that's a tougher fight to call, but just because of Robbie's takedown defense, it's very good. But still, you know, Robbie at this point was great. He probably does lose to Kamzat. I'm not saying he doesn't beat these guys, but you don't just jump into, like, these big fights. You have to work your way up the ladder, man. It, it is a sport at the end of the day. You can't just throw a guy that's had two fights against two guys that are not even UFC caliber in against guys that are, you know, grinding away for years and years. Like a guy like Vicente Luque, who's ranked at like, I think 15th, he has like 11 wins in the UFC. Why, why should Kamzat bump in over the rankings? It doesn't make sense. Daniel, Kamzat shouldn't be ranked yet. Dude, trust me. And again, I, I respect Aaron a lot. I was just really surprised he was dying on that hill, guys. I'll be honest. And I respect the guy a lot, but it was really surprising to me that he was kind of like putting that out there. Because Aaron's a guy that everyone respects. So when a guy like that says, hey, Kamzat should be ranked, people do listen to that. But thankfully, I think, you know, myself and, and uh, Kaposa were some of the people. And Damon Martin, who's a guy I respect a lot too. We kind of jumped in there and we're like, yo, yo, hold up on this. Because it doesn't make sense. You have to respect the sport too, man. Kevin Scott, good morning, Kevin. Beating those two guys doesn't make you championship caliber. A lot of non-champs would also smash those guys. 100%. Again, the way he did it was incredible. No doubt about it. And I do think he'll probably be a champ one day because um, based on what we've seen, he has the potential to do so. And he's super young, too. He's in his 20s, right? So he's a guy that I definitely think, um, you know, could get up there. But not yet. I think you got to work your way up the ladder. I don't think you just jump in there. Again, Habib, arguably the best fighter of all time, in some people's opinion. Took him like five years to get a title shot. And he was beating high-level guys like Edson Barboza. So to me, it's like it, this guy's got to work his way up. I can't blame him for calling out Connor and to get his name out there, but I don't think he needed to do it because everyone was talking about him. And honestly, I feel it's kind of lame, guys. I'll be honest. Kevin Scott, Kamzat versus Neil Winner gets a ranking. Jeff Neal is ranked like number 10 right now. Jeff Neal's taking on Neil Magny later in August. And I think Jeff Neal probably wins that fight, the battle of the Neals against Neil Magny. So Jeff Neal is ranked number 10. And honestly, Jeff is a guy that could be ranked higher, but no one wants to fight him. You know, who would win that fight? I don't know. Uh, Jeff Neal's shown that he has amazing striking, like really powerful striking. I'm not sure how good his wrestling is. Like, it's hard to say. But right now, I probably favor Jeff Neal just based on what he's done in the UFC. Hamzat's great, though. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's hard. It's one of these things, guys. Like, we haven't really seen someone like this since probably Habib. So it, it's hard to say. Masio, Masio, maybe a good matchup against Dirty Bird if he wins. I love Tim Means. You guys know I love him. He's taking on Loriano Steropoli in August. Tough fight to call. I mean, maybe the winner of that fight could fight Hamzat. But yeah, I think you're right, Masio. That's the kind of guy you should be fighting. A guy who's not top 15, just outside the top 15, the winner of that fight. You know, someone like that definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, just looking at the rankings, here's uh, actually Daniel has a suggestion. Hamzat versus Rocco Martin. 
not a bad fight. You know, Rocco's a guy that's pretty well-rounded and he's got good wrestling and he has pretty solid striking. So yeah, I mean, that could be the kind of fight that does make sense. You know, looking at Rocco's record right now, he obviously lost his last fight against Leo Magny, close fight. But yeah, I think, you know, a guy that's won quite a bit of fights in the UFC, Rocco is actually nine and six in the UFC. So to me, actually, that's a really good opponent. But, you know, Rocco is much better than John Phillips and Reese McKee. So actually, that's not an easy fight for uh, Cam's, I don't think, based on his wrestling, based on his striking ability. So that's actually a really good matchup, uh, Daniel. I like that one a lot. But, you know, just looking at the um, roster right now, going to it, looking at the welterweight division, Again, you know, I think Hamzat deserves a step up, but you got to be realistic about it. Now, the one guy that I do think could be a really good opponent for him right now is Cowboy Cerrone because, first off, Donald Cerrone is a stud. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best fighters ever as well. But Donald Cerrone is a guy that will fight anyone, anywhere. He's proven that time and time again. He would take this fight, I think, if the UFC offered to him. They said, Donald, you're fighting Hamzat. He would take that fight. It'd be interesting uh, to see if Hamzat can get him out there as quick as McGregor did, which was in 40 seconds. Obviously, Cerrone's a guy that is, I think, ranked still, or if he's not ranked, he's just outside the rankings, but he's a guy that everyone respects. So if Kamzak could beat a guy like Cerrone, I think he'd have the respect to everyone. And yes, at that point, if he beats Cerrone, then you give him a ranking. But until he does that, I don't think so. But yeah, I think that would be a really good fight. Um, just looking at the rankings, you know, guys like Brian Barberina, Nicholas Dalby, these are the kind of guys he probably should be fighting. Guys that are, uh, you know, mid-tier guys, Max Griffin, um, Mike Perry, even, although he's not going to be fighting anytime soon. Abdul Razak Alassane, that'd be an interesting one, too, although he probably gets taken down and beat up. But guys like that are the kind of guys he should be fighting. You know, you look at um, the roster again, 2-0. I mean, a lot of these guys have a lot more fights than him in the UFC. You know, for instance, Bilal Muhammad is 8-3 in the UFC. He's not ranked. Why should Kamzat be ranked and Bilal Muhammad isn't ranked? doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, that's enough about Hamzat. Again, I love the guy, but got to be realistic about it. All right. Cody Garbrandt is a guy that he's talked about dropping to 125, and he's uh, spoken about it a lot more this week. He really wants to fight against Davidson Figueredo. And, yeah, I think Davidson probably should fight a guy like Brandon Moreno next or Askar Askarov for that next uh, title fight. But Cody Garbrandt obviously is the biggest name that he could fight right now. So if Cody's going to make this drop down to 125, right now would be the right time to do it. While there really isn't a clear number one guy, again, Moreno's good. Askarov's good. These are solid fighters, but what's a bigger fight for the UFC? Obviously, Cody Garbrandt. And the UFC probably would want him to win that fight. That'd be a crazy fight, wouldn't it? Like, Davison's looked amazing, but Cody's also looked really good lately, obviously, with the win over a Sunset. I think it'd be a fun fight. Um, yes, it does suck that guys that are grinding away, like Moreno in the division, would probably get bumped, but it's the flyweight division. This is not the welterweight division with Hamzat. There's not, like, a bunch of number one contenders like Leon Edwards that are, like, you know, eight fight win streaks that aren't getting title shots. This is a flyweight division. I think Moreno's on what, like a two or three fight win streak? To me, Cody Garber wants to get that title shot and the UFC's okay with it. I, I'd say do it. I mean, I think it'd be the right time to do it. Strike while the iron's hot. Play that fight with the Sun Cell. Play that fight with Benavides. People are going to watch that fight. Perfect main event for a fight night or potentially like a co main event in a pay per view. Kevin Scott, he could fight that Lazaz guy. That's also a good fight. Uh, Munar Lazaz, he looked really good against Abdul Razak Alassane. So, yes, I think that'd be an interesting fight against Hamzat. And, obviously, Lazaz showed not only good striking that fight, but good defense with his striking and also solid wrestling, too. That'd be an interesting fight. And that dude is massive for 170. That's a good fight, Kevin. I don't see it happening, though, because I think they'll probably put those guys on different paths towards potentially a top 15 fight. But, uh, stylistically, very interesting fight. I like the suggestion. 
Massio Massio, the champ would be an underdog because of the name. Um, yeah, possibly. I would probably pick Figueredo, though. I mean, based on what he's done to Benavidez the last two fights, based on Cody's chin at 135 where he got knocked out a bunch of times, I'd probably favor Figueredo. But you're right. I mean, maybe based on the, the name, um, you could see Cody as the favorite there. Cody generally is favored in all his fights. Even the fights with TJ, I think he was favored in both of them, or at least the first one. And, of course, I, he was favored against Pedro Munoz, who knocked him out as well. Daniel Edwards, Munar, and... Kamzat should be kept separate, in my opinion. I agree with that as well. Take them on different paths. But stylistically, it's a fun fight that Kevin suggested. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the rankings. You either, you know, give him the slow build, which I don't think you need to at this point because he's proven that he can just dominate guys in the lower ranks. Um, that's why I think a guy like Cowboy would be a pretty solid fighter. Or, again, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Brian Barberino, Alex Oliveira. That's a good fight, too. I mean, Alex Oliveira, the, the Brazilian Cowboy, he'd probably take that fight, too. No Conor McGregor. Not right now, guys. In the future, sure, maybe, but not right now. Bjorn Jacek, she also uh, recently spoke about this hashtag that came out saying 31 and retired or something. Basically, she said that she can't travel to the United States right now from Poland, if I'm not mistaken, and you know she doesn't have her coaching staff. She's not retired. She confirmed that. She's just not able to fight right now. So she's not retired by any means. Dana White recently mentioned that she could fight Willie Zhang again in a rematch. That fight was super close. It was an amazing fight, probably one of the best fights of the year. So that would be an interesting fight if that happened. I, I would definitely like to see that rematch, but I do feel like Joanna probably needs more and more win. The different the, the problem is there's no one really available right now. Nina Ansaroff's pregnant. Tatiana Suarez, who we've all wanted to see fight for the belt for a while, has a neck injury. Carla Sparza did win her last fight, but it wasn't impressive, and no one would give her a chance against Shang. And Rose, I think Dana said she's injured right now too. So there's really no one for Wheelie uh, to fight except for Joanna, potentially. So it's hard to say what's going on with that division. I hope they can get Wheelie in there soon. I'd like to see her fight Rose. That's the fight that makes sense. But And you know, Dana White said that there's probably some hiccups right now with booking that fight. So we'll see what happens. Daniel Edwards. I'd pick Cody to beat Figueroa. I like that fight. Yeah, I like the fight too, Daniel. Um, I think a lot of people would pick Cody to win that fight, especially based on his last performance, especially based on his experience at the highest level of the sport. But I've been really impressed with Figueroa, guys. Another piece of news here that I found interesting, and I think a lot of people kind of laughed when they saw this. Paige Van Zant is in talks with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, apparently. this I was surprised when I saw it. It doesn't make sense to me, really. Like, if she wants to fight again, I think Bellator is the, definitely the right spot for her. her. husband's there. Scott Coker's already said that he really likes Paige. He wants to work with her. He wants her in Bellator. It just makes sense. You know, um, Bellator right now, they do have a 125 division. She could fight a Lima Lay McFarlane. That'd be a huge fight for Bellator. But they can also open up a 115 division, which they don't really officially have. And they can have Paige be the star of that 115 division. That's the kind of promotion that makes sense for Paige right now. One championship could. Misha Tate spoke about Paige in the past. She really likes her. Ryzen, they have some women's fights maybe there. I don't think she goes back to the UFC. I think the bridge has been burned there. But bare knuckle. I was shocked when I saw this. So Mike Russell, who's a very respected reporter here in Canada, he's obviously known for the uh, the Ali, Abdi, uh, Ali Abdelaziz like, stories about uh, all the Noah thing and everything. He mentioned this, and Eric Kowal, who is a journalist, he also does work for Bare Knuckle. He confirmed in in uh, response. He said, I work for Bare Knuckle. I just spoke to our president, and yes, we are in talks, but nothing's confirmed. They're in talks. I don't get it. I mean, this is a, such a bad idea, if you ask me, for Paige Van Zandt. Like, she's someone that's, let's be honest, like, I don't know how much time she has left in the sport, necessarily. 
she does have a future in modeling and stuff like that. She can be popular. She's obviously a really good looking woman. Instagram modeling has definitely been something that's made her a lot of money. That's what she's sick to. Bare knuckle, they don't even wear gloves. Like the amount of cuts that happen. You look at guys like they're fighting in bare knuckle. Um, it's crazy, right? Like they get beat up. Look at that fight with Low Bob and Jason Knight. Crazy. Like who's to say if she does if she fought someone, let's say like Beck Rawlings, who she's fought before in MMA, just say she fought her. You don't think she gets some cuts in her face from that? Not to say you can't get an MMA, but bare knuckle, it's much more likely without the gloves on. So it's nuts. I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I thought it was a joke when I saw it, but it's not. So there's definitely something to this, guys. I still would be surprised if she signs with bare knuckle. But you know what? If they go and make her an offer and blow it, uh, the other competitors out of the water, maybe that's the reason she's going to do it. She's like, hey, I don't have much time left in combat sports. I'm going to get as much money as I can for now. I still feel like Bellator is the right move, though. But, yes, I was surprised when I saw this. <laughs> Daniel Edwards. He's confused too. And Masio Masio, she's all over that. The, uh, the never a good thing. Yeah, it's it's just really confusing. And Kevin Scott, I thought Paige Van Zandt said she can't make 115 anymore. I bet she's just floating bare knuckle driver price up potentially. But again, if you read the tweet from Eric Cole, he said, uh, David, I can't remember, it was David Feldman, I think his name is, BKFC president. He said that uh, he had asked Eric what his opinion was on signing Paige Van Zandt. So there's something to this. And by the way, uh, Bare Knuckle just announced a couple of fights for an upcoming card. They're interesting fights. I mean, you guys are going to – I don't know if you guys saw this, but I'll bring them up. They have an event in September. I think it's September 19th, if I'm not mistaken. Tiago Alves will be taking on Phil Baroni, and Hector Lombard will be taking on Kendall Grove. So definitely a blast from the past when I saw this. You know, it's a couple of guys that probably shouldn't be fighting anymore. I think Tiago Alves is a guy who probably could still be fighting in the UFC right now. He got cut after his last fight against Tim Means, but he's a solid fighter still. I was a little surprised the UFC let him go. I mean, he's been in the UFC for like 15 years. But obviously he said that Bare Knuckle paid him a lot of money. So they have some money. They have backers. So, you know, the fight against Phil Baroni. And Phil Baroni, obviously a former UFC fighter as well. But I think, Phil, this is a terrible matchup, Phil Baroni. He's been knocked out a lot. This guy was a sub-500 record. You know, he's a guy that obviously was a big star in the early days of the sport, but I can't see Phil Baroni being Tiago Alves. The other fight, Hector Lombard, Kendall Grove. I know Hector had a terrible run in the UFC, but Kendall Grove, are you kidding me? I mean, this guy, I, I can't see it going well for him. I think Kendall pro or um, Hector probably knocked Kendall out in that fight. That's probably a bad match for Kendall Grove. Anyways, uh, speaking about some matchups here, I got a couple matchups upcoming in UFC and Bellator, as well as one in the regional scene you guys are going to laugh at if you haven't seen yet. So let's start with UFC matchups. Let's go to talk about some big ones here. So this morning, the uh, it hasn't been officially announced, but Zabit Magomed Sharapov confirmed that he's going to be fighting Yair Rodriguez August 29th. Obviously a huge fight at 145. The winner probably gets a title shot. You know, a lot of people have talked about Korean Zombie, and I get it. I've even spoke about him as well and said that he could be the next guy in line. But if you really look at the, the wins and losses, I mean, Yair Rodriguez, first off, he has a head-to-head -head win over Korean Zombie. That should matter. Not only that, but Yair has better wins in the UFC, arguably. And Zabit has some good wins, Calvin Cater, obviously, but that's his only, like, really, really big win. The guy with the best wins is probably Yair. So Yair is kind of getting a little bit slept on here. You know, people are kind of forgetting that he knocked out Korean Zombie. This is a guy with wins over Stevens, uh, Zombie, BJ Penn, Andre Feely, Dan Hooker. Those are huge wins now, especially looking back. So to me, you know, Zabit's a guy, or uh, Yair's a guy. If he beats Zabit, he probably is going to jump in line. Uh, also, Korean Zombie apparently is stuck in Korea right now. He's not even able to come to the United States to fight, according to Dana White. So Yes, I'd like to see the fight with Volkanovski be a fun fight, but I think the winner of Zabit and Yair gets the next title shot. It's going to be a great fight. I would assume Zabit's going to be the favorite. You can't count Yair out, though. 
especially in a five-round fight. We've seen Zabit slow down later in five round in three-round fights. Five-round fight could be a bad story for him. So we'll see what happens. Next up, Jessica Andrade is moving up to 125 to take on Jessica I. That will happen in October. Uh, I really like this matchup for Jessica Andrade. I really high Jessica Andrade. Man, she's looked good in the UFC in two different weight classes, 135 and 115. She'll be fighting in a third weight class here. Obviously, a former UFC strawweight champion. The fight with Rose was super close. She did lose the fight, but you know, back-to-back losses to Rose and Li Zhang. She's probably like, you know what? There's no path to the title right now. But if she moves up to 125, beats Jess Guy, who's ranked in the top five in that division, automatically she becomes one of the top challengers. And who wouldn't want to watch Li Zhang or um, Je- uh, Valentina Shevchenko against? Jessica Andrade. That'd be a fun fight, right? So I think that definitely that could happen. And I'd like to see that fight. So she obviously has to beat Jessica I, but <clears throat> I think, you know, definitely she'll be favoring that fight. I saw people in the comments, someone actually messaged me and was like, I want to put literally all my life savings on Jessica Andrade in that fight. I would be shocked if she lost that one. Kevin Scott, will they make a beat fight three rounds to cover his gas tank issues? <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Um, No, it's five rounds. Andrade will do impossible at making a just guy fight fun to watch. Yeah, I think she wins that fight. Um, the other fight that was announced in the UFC, Alexander Volkov will be taking on Walt Harris. That's a UFC 254. It was actually reported that's the co-main event of that card, Habib and Justin Gagey. So a little surprising, I guess. But, I mean, it's an interesting fight. Obviously, Walt Harris is a guy with a lot of knockout power. Volkov is a very experienced fighter. I would favor Volkov, I think. I think he's probably more well-rounded, uh, just better wrestling. Um, Overall, probably better striking technique as well. Obviously, Walt's got the power. We've seen Volkov get KO'd by uh, Derek Lewis, so it's possible he get caught and knocked out. But overall, I think Volkov's a better fighter. He should be favored there. Uh, it's going to Bellator. They actually announced a few fights that are interesting. Ryan Bader will be taking on Vadim Nemkov for the light heavyweight belt. Very interesting fight. Ryan Bader obviously looked incredible in Bellator. Um, man, it's too bad he's not in the UFC anymore because I, I think this is a guy that you know could be a especially if John Jones retires, he could be the champ right now, 205. And then heavyweight, I think Ryan Bader could be interesting there as well. But he's doing his thing as Bellator. He's getting paid well and takes on Nemkov, who's uh, looked really good in uh, Bellator as well. So interesting fight there. I think that's on August 24th or something like that. But yeah, later in August. And then maybe maybe a little bit sooner than that, but still um, August fight. And then the other fight that was announced, I think it's August 7th for this one, Miles Jury against Georgie Karakanian. So yeah, they're using a lot of former UFC fighters, but interesting fight here. Miles Jury hasn't looked too great in Bellator. Georgie's kind of up and down, but interesting fight. I mean, Georgie, former WSOF champ, a guy that probably should have been in the UFC at one point in his career, but interesting fight. And the last fight I want to talk about here, Bigfoot Silva is returning to MMA against Brett Martin, who's a top prospect. It's in the Tora MMA promotion in Florida. Fight takes place in October. Oh, man. When I saw this, I was like, really? Come on, guys. So Bigfoot is 40 years old. Bigfoot has lost five straight fights in MMA by four of them by knockout. Bigfoot has lost eight of his last 10 fights, seven of them by knockout. He also got knocked out in glory kickboxing by Rico Verhoeven. He also got knocked out in bare knuckle fighting championships by Gabriel Gonzaga. He's a guy that obviously has some big wins in his career. Overeem, Fedor, Brown, Arlovsky. He's a guy that is a little bit underrated, especially early in his career, but the chin. And we see him get knocked out time and time again. He takes on Brett Martin, who's a top prospect, um, a guy who was supposed to fight, or he did fight for the LFA Championship heavyweight title, and he won the fight by DQ, but uh, he missed weight, so he wasn't able to win the title. 
Don't know why he's not with LFA anymore, but if Brian Martin knocks out Bigfoot, which I think everyone's going to expect him to do here, he's definitely going to the UFC, I think, afterwards. Uh, kind of weird that he's not even there yet. I think he probably should be, but guys, he needs that notable win on his resume. This is such a bad fight for Bigfoot. I understand the guys that passed him for the sport, and I respect that. And the guy, again, you know, a little bit underrated in his career. You look back at some of the wins and losses he's had, but come on, guys. No one wants to watch Bigfoot fight anymore, especially in 2020. Age 40, a guy who gets knocked out every fight. I think he probably gets knocked out in the first round here. I can't see him winning this fight. It's so crazy. Daniel Edwards, Pedro Zant actually is in talks for bare knuckle fighting championship. Told you, man. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Couldn't believe it when I saw that. Anyways, let me just see if there's anything else, guys, that I missed, and then we'll get out of here. Um, again, waiting for the weigh-ins an hour and a half from now. Um, you know, there are a few other fights got announced, but nothing like, you know, crazy. But some upcoming fights that maybe are worth mentioning. Darren Stewart versus Mackie Patola. I saw that guy announced. Um, let's see here. What else? We got Jillian Robertson against Pollyanne Patel. I thought Robertson would get a bet better fight than that after she beat Courtney Casey. We got Yannick Kunitskawa against Yulia Storyalenko. Ike Villanueva against George Gonzalez. Jorgen DeCastro against Carlos Felipe. And what else? Irwin Rivera against Ali. Uh, Cassie, and thanks for Marcel for the fight announcement there. And that's it. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with those fights. Hopefully they'll end up, you know, staying together. But in this day and age, guys, honestly, until the guys step in the cage and the girls step in the cage, it's hard to say if these fights even go on. Daniel Edwards, got to give me a warning when giving me news like that. Yeah. Andre, what's going on, man? Who's your pick for Sugar Showers, Cheeto Vera? I'm really high on both guys, man. I really like Cheeto Vera. He's a guy that's improved a lot. And we're looking at the odds right now. Right now we have Sugar Sean minus 270, Cheeto Vera plus 230. I think a lot of people will probably put some money on Cheeto as a dog here based on his experience, but I don't know how you can go against Sean O'Malley, man. I mean, based on what he's did in the UFC, he has looked amazing. Um, that striking acumen he has is so accurate, so devastatingly powerful, so long for this division. Cheeto, I think... Could stand and bang with him. I think Cheeto's probably going to try to wrestle him a little bit. Look at the Sukunta fight. Sukunta did have some success. Sukunta could have won that fight. It was two years ago. Sean's a lot better than he was then. But I do think Cheeto could win this fight. It's potentially a, an upset in the making. But I gotta go with Sugar Sean, guys. You know, we'll again. We'll put, I'll break down that card in I think two weeks from now. So don't want to give it away too much. But you know, just looking at it right now, I'm gonna lean towards Sugar Sean. Masio, Masio, Derek Lewis after quarantine, maybe over 265. I mean, for sure. I mean, he's the guy that's talked about being like 290, I think, um, and then cuts down to 265. I know for his last fight, I think he was in much better shape. But yeah, uh, Derek Lewis right now, he's fighting Alexi Olenek August 8th, so next weekend. Derek Lewis minus 265, Olenek plus 225. That fight could be an upset too. Olenek has an amazing ground game, and we've seen Derek Lewis get taken down many times in his career. That fight goes to the ground. I'm pretty sure Alina can submit Derek Lewis. So interesting fight, but obviously he's got the KO power that could easily clip Olenek and knock him out. Sav Sav, what's up, man? Who should Darren Till fight next? Great question. I was disappointed by his performance, guys. Again, I think it was a winnable fight. I really do, especially first round, he won that round, and then after that, it didn't do much. Frustrating to watch this guy work, man. Doesn't throw enough volume. Kind of relies on laying that big shot here and there to steal rounds. It's frustrating. Unless he knocks you out, he's a guy that if he goes to the scorecards, it's up and down if he can win that fight. So, you know, I like Darren Till. Obviously, he's a big star for the UFC, but I was disappointed by that fight. Looking at the rankings, obviously, we got Izzy against Costa. 
Dana White spoke about potentially doing Whitaker against Cannoneer, so those guys are out of the question. Hermanson's available. He's number four. I think with the win over Gastelum, you probably will wait for someone who's coming off a win, like maybe the winner of Romero and Hall. There's also the winner of Brunson and Shabazian. Um, you know, till you know, looking at the rankings, he's probably gonna have to wait for someone else. Or Mario Medal is fighting Chris Weidman soon as well. But yeah, I think someone like in the top ten. Um, it's hard to say though, honestly. I mean, Brunson, if he wins against Gaslam, maybe do that fight. Massio says, look, Till versus Leon. No, because uh Till is by 185 now. I don't think Till's ever going back to 170. I do not think he can make that weight anymore. That would have been a good fight a couple years ago when he was at 170, but I think Leon Edwards, by the way, deserves he probably deserves a title shot, guys, but he's not getting it. Gilbert Burns is getting the next shot at 170. So Leon Edwards, maybe Colby Covington, maybe Stephen Thompson, one of those guys he could fight. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, as far as Till goes, at this point, he's probably gonna have to wait. Also, I believe he tore his MCL in that fight. So he's gonna be out for a while. He'll probably be out for like at least six months, I have to guess, maybe a year. It's hard to say, but yeah, I think once he gets back, the division will kind of clear itself out. But there's definitely some big fights coming up at 185. Anyways, I think that's it. If anyone has any last second questions, throw them in there. But before that, I'm going to plug my stuff. So obviously, you guys can follow me at, at MM Adam Martin on Twitter. I'm available at maoddsbreaker.com. That's the home of the podcast. Uh, go there, all the odds. There's a bunch of betting articles for tomorrow's card from me and from some other writers. So definitely check that out. Um, BJPen.com, your home for all the news in MMA and MMARings.net, where I do my uh, columns. Uh, guys, just, you know, really appreciate you tuning in as always, uh, trying to grow the podcast. Obviously I appreciate, you know, everyone tuning in, listening, giving me questions, love doing it guys, but I want to grow it, you know? So I know it's, there are a lot of other podcasts out there and I get that, but man, I I'm trying my best to give you guys a great show. And I think that, you know, overall, I think it's a really good podcast and I would love to get more listenership. So Either way, appreciate everyone who tunes in every week and who joins me in the live chat and who watches on stream. Uh, replay either on YouTube or you know potentially on on Apple Podcasts or, or Google Podcasts or whatever as well. I really appreciate the support, guys. I do. I'll take one more question from Massio. Nobody takes Dodson down, the, but but the machine will. Hmm, that's an interesting fight. I think he's fighting Marab, right? So yeah, John Dodson gets Marab. John Dodson's very fast, good hips, great boxing. Obviously, he knocked out Nathaniel Wood. That was a big win for him, especially after good and Nathaniel. He looked really good in his last fight against John Casanata. But, man, Marab is like Habib Jr., guys. Like, his wrestling is elite. So, I think right now, I think Marab is the favorite. I think the odds are up for that. Yeah, we have Marab minus 200, John Dodson plus 170. That fight's in two weeks. going to be an interesting fight, but that's a big fight for Marab. Anyways, that's it for today's show, guys. Appreciate all the questions, and I'll be back uh, Tuesday at 10 a.m. to preview UFC Fight Night Olenek versus Lewis and recap UFC Fight Night Shabazian versus Brunson. If you guys are betting on the card this weekend, good luck with all your bets. Again, go back to Tuesday, listen to that podcast. Myself and Cole Sheldon broke down all 11 fights on the card. So definitely check that out. Have a great weekend, everyone, and I'll see you Tuesday. Bye.